Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. I'm Edwina Kennedy, your registered pediatric dietitian, and I am here to help you feel confident feeding your babies and toddlers. So today we are going to talk about the dreaded mess that every single parent wishes and pleads that they could just skip over when it comes to feeding their baby, especially using the baby led weaning method. And I am totally with you. There is nothing worse than the thought of having to bathe your baby and take like 15 minutes at least picking up pieces of broccoli and cleaning out sauce stains out of your carpet every single time you feed your baby. So I have gathered up my best tips to make this whole thing a little bit easier for you. Now, one of the biggest apprehensions that parents and grandparents and caregivers have about baby led weaning outside of gagging and choking, of course, is the mess. It makes us all nervous. Most of us don't like the feeling of being messy ourselves. We don't, you know, want to eat at a table where it's messy or again, where our floors are messy. And so it is unfathomable that we could let our babies get messy at the table. So we often think that the more neat and tidy and clean our baby is during a meal, the more they're going to enjoy it too. But actually, Babies love the mess and they love playing in their food. And to be honest, there is an important reason even outside of the fact that babies love it, that we really do want to get them used to playing around with their food and getting messy at the table. And that is this. Baby led weaning is in part so beneficial for babies because of the sensory experience that it provides. So babies are able to not just, you know, primarily use the sense of taste like when they're eating purees, but they're actually able to use all five senses so they're touching smelling tasting the food they're seeing the food up close in their hands they're hearing what it sounds like to squish the food between their little fingers and all of this provides sensory input to the brain that says I'm getting to know this food more and more and I am learning about the properties and therefore I'm comfortable with this food In fact, touching, smelling, licking, smushing, playing with food, all of these are one of the best strategies to get any picky eater closer to the actual act of eating and liking a food. And so this is often something that I encourage toddlers to do as well. If they haven't had that hands-on practice with food, I say let them play with it. Let them touch it, smell it, lick it, all that good stuff. Um, And that's just because picky eaters aren't yet comfortable with the properties of a food. They just don't know a food on a deep level, which sounds kind of silly, but it's really important. And so they're not used to the smell. They're not used to the taste. They're not used to the texture of it. So just letting babies play with food and get messy with food and paint their bodies and their mouths and high chair tray with yogurt or tomato sauce or whatever it is, is actually really, really beneficial to helping your baby learn to love all types of food. And it is just a crucial step to eating. All right. So now you're probably thinking, okay, Edwina, that's all great. And I get the benefits, but seriously, the mess just ruins our mealtime experience or it's just too much to clean up every single time. So let's just dive right into my top tips on how we can minimize and deal with the mess a little bit easier. So tip number one is to get a long sleeve bib. I don't really like those, you know, stylish, short, cutesy bibs that are often seen on many babies when they're eating. I'm not saying they're not okay, but I think they're a way better option. So if you're feeding during the day and you know that you're going to be needing to keep their clothes on and keep them in fairly good condition while they're eating, maybe, you know, even you're out and about and you're feeding your baby out of the house, whatever it is, I say get a long sleeve bib. That is the way to go. I just don't mess around with this stuff. So 
the ones that like cover just the chest area I mean like I said it's a nice idea but honestly like you I just don't have time to deal with all the food that gets all over their arms and their legs and on their lap so I just go straight for something that covers everything from the top of the neck to the full arm length and even covers their laps a little bit at least some of them do so my personal favorite one is the Bibidoo coverall bib so This one is amazing. It even covers the gap between your baby's body and the high chair so that no food, I'm telling you, no food will fall through onto the floor. It is so great. I mean, of course, unless your baby flings food across the room. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But essentially, like them just bringing food up to their mouth and missing it or spitting food out or anything like that, it's going to be caught by the Bibidoo bib. And, you know, after the meal's over, you just have to lift the whole bib off of them and they're literally perfectly clean underneath. So what you can do to clean it too is you literally just wipe it down, you can hang it on a line to dry and then use it next time you have meal time. So that's my recommendation. Long sleeve bib, definitely the way to go. And good news, actually, I have a special discount for you if you are interested in trying one of these bibs. So you can use the code MYLITTLEEATER for 10% off of your order, or you can use the code MLEBOGO, B-O-G-O, for 50% off one of two items. So if you um, head over to the show notes, I will have those coupon codes linked for you as well as a link to the website so you could just purchase directly off of there. All right, tip number two is to strip them down to just a diaper. So alternatively, if maybe you're home for the night, um, especially around supper time or you just have some time in your day, you could just opt to strip off all their clothes and just keep them in their diaper and let them go to town with the food. And then after mealtime's done, you can head straight to the bathtub or the sink to easily clean them off. Easy as pie. I mean, don't overthink it. Just naked eating. Why not? They're little babies. It just makes it so much more easy after to just like hose them down. Now, if you don't want to give them a full bath, you can try out my next tip, which is tip number three. And that is to bring a bowl of warm water to the table along with a washcloth and then just gently wash their hands and mouth right at the high chair. So this is a great way to not only clean them off without picking them up and moving them all the way over to the sink or the bathtub and then having like all these pieces of food drop on the floor along the way but it's also a really great gentle sensory experience for them at the table so yes you know they might splash around in the big bowl of water but at the end of the day it's just water and usually it's pretty easy to just kind of hold their hands and gently wipe them um, without them getting into it too much and it's much more of a pleasant experience especially when it's done gently versus like aggressively trying to wipe them down so super simple just bring a bowl of warm water to the table wash them up gently and especially if you're using again long sleeve bib hopefully you're only doing that on their mouth and facial area so it won't really take very long okay tip number four is to get a splat mat especially if you have carpet in your home. Just don't even bother without one. If you have hardwood or laminate, I think it's totally fine if you want to opt out of this because you can just wipe the food off of the floor pretty easily. However, if you've got carpet, my goodness, please get a splat mat. So there are a few different types on the market. Some are plastic or polyester or others are even made of leather. But just, you know, get something with a sort of surface that's easy to clean with a few quick wipes or a Swiffer, you know, if needed. So there are some more lightweight ones than others, which I wouldn't 
recommend going for as they sometimes move around when you step on them or you try and sweep or mop or wipe anything up. So I like to go for ones that are just a little bit more heavyweight. Some of them are weighted at the bottom. And again, it just makes it a lot easier to clean up without having it move everywhere and you have to like avoid stepping on it all the time. Now, generally speaking, when I'm cleaning up, I start with a broom and a dustpan just to pick up whatever bits and pieces of dry food would have fell on the floor first. And then I follow up with a damp cloth, like maybe washed in a little bit of soap and I wipe it all up. And if it's super messy and you'll need a few rinses of the cloth to clean it all up, then I have learned just bring a bowl of water over to the mess with you so that you don't have to keep going back and forth to the sink to keep rinsing off the cloth. Or, you know, you can even just bring a couple damp cloths or wipes or whatever over at once. And so So you could just do it all while you're there already low to the ground to clean it all up. And then after that, finally, I would just dry it with either a dry cloth or paper towel. Now, if the food is something really wet, like spaghetti noodles with sauce on it or yogurt or anything like that, then skip the broom step. Just go right in with a damp cloth right away and wipe it all up. And again, it's usually pretty easy, especially if you have the splash mat. Now, a little bonus tip that I'm going to insert right here for you is please just wait until the meal is over before you clean up. I know it can be tempting sometimes when you see bits and pieces fall on the floor and you might think, oh, I'm just going to tackle it now so it doesn't get overwhelming. But trust me, it's just pointless. I mean, it's exhausting. You're going to be doing this constantly throughout the meal and then you're going to feel way more frustration as every single piece keeps falling and you're constantly cleaning up. So there's just something liberating about knowing that you're just going to let the mess happen however big it is let them have at it let them have fun during the meal and then after just clean it up at the end all at once okay moving on to tip number five this is the last tip it's basically just to get a dog (laughs) so I'm half joking and I'm half totally serious on this one I mean I'm not suggesting get a dog if that is not in your plan but I never would have thought that it would be that much easier with a dog until I recently got one and we as you may know I don't have babies anymore my kids are grown up they are what 10 and oh my god I don't even know their ages anymore they are 10 and 12 um but we had babies in the house recently when we were filming for the new baby led feeding course course we're actually doing a revamp of the course very exciting stay tuned for more info on that very soon but we had all these babies come in they were basically eating messy messy foods all day long and we were filming them and Kobe my dog would just patiently wait until the baby was out of the high chair I'd give him just like a little go ahead and then he'd clean up underneath the high chair in no time so I was like wow now I see what people mean when they say that having a dog makes it easier with the mess so I personally just an FYI I do recommend putting the dog away during meals because it can be very distracting for your baby when they're eating but after that totally game let them have at it let them be around the high chair and they will probably clean that mess up and make it a lot easier for you. Now, if you're experiencing a lot of mess because you're having issues with food throwing or plate or utensil throwing, then you are going to want to listen to podcast episode number 10, where I take you step by step through the entire process for how to eliminate or at the very least significantly reduce throwing. And that way it's not going to really be an issue. So listen to the podcast you know, go through it step by step. I will link it for you in the show notes, but that's going to really help tackle that issue if that's really where you find primarily a lot of your mess is coming from. So there you have it. 
my top five tips. And overall, I just want you to know that even though this is a frustrating phase sometimes, the messiness at mealtime is not going to last forever. It might feel like it sometimes, but trust me, before you know it, they will be fully functioning toddlers able to eat perfectly well. And you know, you can all be civilized at the table. And I also want to just point out that letting them get messy does not prevent them from developing good table manners or delayed in any way. Sometimes I get questions around that. You know, parents really want to see their kids eating with utensils maybe or just not like having food all over their face and they think oh my gosh if I let this mess happen they are just going to learn to eat like this and eat like a caveman basically for their whole life and that is not true it is not going to happen it just gets better as they develop more skills and so it's just a waiting game be a little bit patient I am with you I am sending you lots of encouragement and lots of love if you are going through this phase and you're feeling the frustration but I hope these tips help to make it a little bit easier on you and remember that you're doing your baby lots of good by allowing them to get messy at least for most of their meals. All right, so that is it, wrapping it all up. If you found this episode to be helpful, please, please leave me a review and leave me a five-star rating. That goes such a long way to getting this podcast out in front of lots of other parents just like you who may find this info helpful. So thank you so, so much, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.